you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, everybody, still in search of the perfect holiday gift? Nautica has got you covered. Get last-minute gifts for everyone on your list, including cold-weather favorites like the best-selling Nautics fleece or swim styles that go from beach to boat in a breeze. Use code FOOTBALL for 10% off your next purchase in-store or online through uh, Christmas Eve. Visit nautica.com to find a store near you. That's nautica.com, code FOOTBALL. And also, Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals a priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app. Message and data rates may apply. The Around the NFL podcast is 25% Jack the Ripper. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Actually, not true, because when we were in London, Dan and I went on the tour, the Jack the Ripper tour, with Erica and discovered a theory that we stick to that Greg and Wes were a time-traveling duo that went back in time and, and, and unfurled those crimes in, mm. uh, in England. Yeah, we were asked by a shadowy league figure to create content off um, going on that tour, and that's what we got out of it. I got to tell you, if I was going back in time to travel, it wouldn't be to commit bizarre crimes in England. Yeah, nor would you admit to that. You got my dog Mark with a C. That's exactly what somebody would say if they were <laughs> I mean, that, up for being a time-traveling <laughs> serial killer of the worst variety. I feel like I'd have bigger fish to fry. You got this minute of content, you know, right in the middle of oh the God. best NFL Sunday in years. How about I mean, that? Greg's like, no fun. Get right to the nerdy games. <laughs> More likely to pull a Biff. <laughs> uh, the Biff, Back to the Future. Yeah. I like yeah. that one, too. Sports Almanac, Back it, to the Future, mm. too. I mean, especially if Greg was in cahoots. I mean, imagine the gambling we could pull oh off with gosh. that. <laughs> Greg's disease would be completely out of control. All right. Let's get to it, Greg. Apologies personally to you, buddy. Uh, so sensitive. Incredible you Sunday of action in the NFL. Great endings. I mean, we're talking 
overtime touchdowns. We're talking Hail Marys, uh, all sorts of excitement in the league and and the playoff pictures, Greg. And this is this is money season for you now, Greg. In addition to the the disease, is also you know how to compute what's going on in the NFL uh, when it comes to playoff possibilities, and it's starting to get more and more interesting because things that you assume it doesn't always play out the way we expect, and we saw that over and over again in Week 14. Yeah, three weeks left, we don't know a lot. No, a few more things, but this this stuff's this is a lot wide open. Very true. You want to get to it, please. You want to talk more about the Jack the Ripper thing? No, I feel like we, ra- we wrapped that up that. comprehensively. And the good Back to the Future Part 2 ref. Enjoyed that? <laughs> yeah. And, modernized. Uh, and Greg, you seem like you're in a good place. I'm in a great place. Let's get to it. Starting at Arrowhead. Mahomes holding into the pocket, scrambling to the right side. Still scrambling. You know, he throws it late. He's throwing for Tyreek Hill. He's got the catch. He's at the 20, at the 25-yard line. Now inside the 15 and out of bounds. Down at the Raven 12. Unreal. Unreal is right. Mitch Holtis, Chiefs Radio Network with the call, facing fourth and long with the game hanging in the balance. Patrick Mahomes added another line to his impeccable MVP resume. The Chiefs convert the first down. Mahomes ends that drive with a fourth down touchdown pass, then leads KC to the eventual go-ahead field goal in overtime. Uh, That holds. Final score, 27-24. Chiefs over the the Ravens. Greg, Baltimore gave Casey all it could handle, and the Chiefs still found a way. That is the mark of a special team. It, it is, and a mark of a special player. And this this is right there with my favorite games of the year. And I'm trying not to be a prisoner at the moment, but styles make fights. And the style of the Ravens' defense staying so aggressive after Mahomes and blitzing him and making him have to come up with answers on what they were doing with their pass rush again and again and the way that the Ravens were able to run the ball pretty well throughout most of the game against what Kansas City had to to try to accomplish, they forced Mahomes to be great. And I wanted to start the, the recap with that play because that's a play where uh, Zedaria Smith wins clean. They don't blitz on that play, surprisingly. But Zedaria Smith beats Eric Fisher clean. Mahomes is sprinting to his right and to throw the ball 38 yards in the air while sprinting right and two guys coming after him is just something we've never seen before. Tyreek Hill playing through an injury, coming back for the ball, and then just a couple plays later making a very heady uh, fourth down throw over Eric Weddle's helmet. There also was a no-look pass at one point uh, during the game where he kind of looked off someone on a key play. It's just so much fun to watch this kid mature and just do things we've never seen. And I think this was a big hurdle for this Chiefs team to win a game like this because it felt like a playoff game. Andy Reid called it Mahomes' best game of the year because he had so much respect for a Ravens defense that hit him 15 times in this game. I mean, that's the thing. They didn't protect him well. And for much for parts of the game, you know, the Ravens defense did a good job getting off the field. I mean, he is the MVP. And I, and I understand why Drew Brees, for some, is still in the conversation. But I, I factor in plays like this and the fact that this is someone who's not wasn't even starting a year ago and and how quickly he's grown and for Lamar Jackson who played a fascinating game himself some ups and downs this was a reminder that Justin Houston being back on this defense is a big thing for the Chiefs Uh, it was not an easy game for their defense but when he strip sacked Lamar Jackson essentially at the 35 seconds left and then later on when you have Robert Griffin Robert Griffin in there on the most in the toughest circumstances possible Wait. that was a big difference 
thought you were going to do a nod to your past and call him Robert Griffin three. I never know how to say his name. <laughs> Who put a nice little no. throw out there? He came he in tried. a tough spot. Yeah, to to back that up. Yeah, Jackson had to leave the game uh, with an injury late, and and the Ravens did have a twenty-four to seventeen lead, and their defense couldn't quite finish it out. But Houston. It was a little misleading. I, I've heard some analysis of this game. It just kind of shows that, you know, the Ravens were pushing the Chiefs around up front. And I wouldn't totally agree with that. On the ground, yes. And Lamar Jackson opens up the ground game, and they were able to run the ball. But they still got pressure on Lamar Jackson on a number of key plays and made it uncomfortable for him to throw. And if I'm a Ravens fan, uh, I'm bummed, obviously, because you came so close. And you, you really, fourth and nine. Uh, fourth and goal from the three, and you just can't get And you had the ball stop. around midfield with 35 seconds left in regulation with some time and timeouts. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, what-ifs to this game. But also, you look at it as a lot of people say, KC, they're the best team in the AFC. We just went to Arrowhead in December and went toe-to-toe with them. Uh, and then everybody else in the AFC at the top of the AFC is it's flawed to me. So it's like the Ravens, if they could find a way in, and they're in seven and six, and it's a bit of a dogfight, in the wild card race, uh, but also the AFC North is opening up, which we're going to get to in a bit. If the Ravens find a way in, you don't want to play them. It's it's almost as if because they've done this massive identity shift on offense, it's it's fair and easy to see them as a completely different team. And for me, one that I have, have more faith in to cause some chaos in the playoffs than the Joe Flacco version. And I think their defense is playing better. They're a defense set up to stop the pass in a pass-happy league. Whoever gets that sixth spot should be a pretty intriguing, dangerous team because with all these teams no, in the mix... No. What, you don't Not think whoever. so? Not What if the Dolphins... Well, here's what, here's what I'm saying is I think the Ravens, there's enough good teams that I think someone's going to get to 10 now. I, I kind of believe that. Like, the Ravens are in, by the way, if they get to 10 wins. They're in the playoffs right now. But they're, the Colts... They're still the sick. Yeah, the Colts... they got to go 3-1 to do it, right? Basically, I'm thinking the Colts are the Ravens. Uh, no, they got to yeah, win gotta, out. Yeah, they got to go 3-0 to do out. it. They, it's not easy. They're going to go to go to the Chargers. We'll have time to talk about all that. But I think the way... They're playing defense now even better than they were earlier in the season. All right, so that was a great ending. Here's an even better ending. Maybe the greatest ending of all time. Daniel, last shot, back to throw. <laughs> they throw it down. They try to pitch it, and they do to Parker. Parker pitches it. And it's Greg, Greg, 30, 20. Greg Pounce has got a tackle. Oh, oh, no no way. He no got it. No 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 what the Dolphins win it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh. <laughs> Jimmy Cepelo spent about half that call asleep. Yeah, really painting a picture with words. If you listen to that, you have no idea what happened. But Cepelo woke up. Bob Greasy woke up. The Dolphins Radio Network going nuts, and so are the fans. Rooting for the Dolphins anyway at Hard Rock Stadium. An incredible play to end it. Call it the miracle in Miami. On the final play of the game, the Dol- Dolphins connected on a downfield pass, executed the double lateral Kenyon Drake taking it the finals 52 yards to the house. And that was it. 34 to 33. The Dolphins beat the Patriots. Unreal. The win keeps the Dolphins alive in the wildcard race, as we uh, just hinted at, and keeps New England from clinching its 10th consecutive AFC East title. Greg, that was unexpected. That was unbelievable. I mean, I think that's the first, that's the longest game winning touchdown from scrimmage since they've been keeping track in 1970. But it was of a piece of a Patriots game where they just didn't handle the details well. The the you know clock management, Tom Brady uh, 
not getting any points at the end of the first half because he took a sack. Uh, them not getting a wide-open receiver on the play before that because the Dolphins dialed up a good pressure. Steven Goskowski missed an extra point. He missed a field goal. Both of those came in handy. And the Dolphins' defense, let's give them credit. Whenever you thought that the Patriots were going to pull away in this game, they played the good situational football. Frank Gore had one of his best games. Kenny Stills made plays. And while that... That play at the end is a little fluky, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that. The Dolphins have been a big play team all year. They average more yards per play in this game, with some help by the last one, than any play in their franchise history, except for one earlier this season. They were they've been hitting on big plays all season long. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. In that final play, one thing watching it a couple times. The vision of Kenyon Drake, who, as he before he tore off down the field and away from people, was looking for someone else to lateral it to. Because it never had, works. Right, it never was. Yeah. He had people descending on him, and then he had to make the decision in traffic, I'm taking it the rest of the way. Right, and there and where you could get on Belichick a little bit. and the Well, the Patriots- game has passed him by, so there's that. <laughs> the Patriots coaching staff is, they do put one player back there. And by the way, it was a... 69-yard touchdown. So how ironic that it was Rob Gronkowski mm. who was the last man who had a chance to save the day. And you could you could put it out there because Tannehill with the bad shoulder and all that was not going to be airing it out 70 yards uh, into the end zone. This was going to be, if it led to some type of crazy touchdown, these type of hook and ladder, lateral type plays. And you saw it in action. Gronk, who doesn't move like he used to, once Drake um, got into the open field, Gronk took a terrible angle because he's also not a defensive player, uh, and then just got he got motored by, and he never had a chance uh, to bring down Drake. So it was an incredible play, and if you're a, a Patriots fan, you're kicking yourself because, and I mentioned this to Greg, and Greg, you downplayed it because I know you, you, you don't want to think about it because it would get you mad. But there was a scenario 20 minutes before that play right. where the Chiefs were in a lot of trouble and the Patriots were in control, and if those two scores held, the Patriots would be in ownership of the number one seed in the AFC as we speak right now, and it all went to hell. It did, that, it's a long way from the end of the season if that had happened. Yes. And the Chiefs Just did, that The out. Chiefs didn't lose, but – with all the criticism on Gronk, and he deserves it, it was actually kind of a positive day watching the Patriots off. I mean, for Gronk, he caught, oh. they threw eight targets his way. He caught eight for 107 yards. I thought you were going to tell me it was a positive day for the Patriots. No, it was a terrible. It was a terrible day for the Patriots. Um, although they got help with the Texans losing, with the Steelers losing, so they don't really move at all in their buy situation. There's no way they're going to get the, the, the one seed. I mean, people listening to this show know the results they have no idea. on Sunday. The, the problem with blaming Gronk for that play is four other players missed tackles before that. And, and you gotta have Gronk. I'm just saying, like, J.C. Jackson make a play. Jason McCourty, you would have loved to have Devin McCourty on the field obviously, other than instead of Rob Gronkowski. But it's an amazing collapse of a lot of things to give up that touchdown, not just having Gronk. I, I mean, I, I, we talked about this downstairs. I know that he had a good game overall, and it was a bounce-back game for Gronk, but the way sports work, when we watch that clip over and over, and Gronk is the last man there with a chance right. to take him down, that's why people react the way they do. Logically, yes, there were other people that could have right, stopped the Right, but I'm thinking about the long but, game. Like the, the, as, as a Patriots fan, the defense today was so poor, but to see them go up and down the field – have Gordon Edelman and Gronkowski all have that sort of – they have Tom Brady have one of his best games of the year. You're thinking, okay, well, that that's something we haven't seen in a few weeks. That's well, good. And they have a banged-up Steelers next week, and then they have the Bills and the Jets. So at long game, there's not a lot to be super concerned about so in terms of getting to January. From Greg's take out of this game, 
Everything's fine. fine. But you guys picked on me last year for saying I was Undefeated. I was the other way around that that I never admitted that they were good. So you're damned if you well, do, don't change because of us, true. right? I mean, you have either way. I really, I mean, we we are just essentially just hyper jealous of your <laughs> fan experience. That's what it we we does. should talk about the Dolphins though, who have found their way to seven wins despite being outscored by fifty five points. Doesn't want to talk about year. the Patriots anymore. I'm saying give the te- give the team what well, they made the upset, the and I'm. I'm honestly thinking of one Twitter follower that said, can you please just talk a little bit about the Dolphins? I know that, like, you know, we're not a fun team, but, like, can you let us have this win? This is a great moment, and it was set up by a lot of great plays earlier in the game, a lot of key spots for them. Well, hey, I think speak- we can Go ahead, Russ. Put the, put the screws to the idea that, like, Ryan Tannehill is only a little bit better than Brock Osweiler. Right. Oh, that He's was a lot better oh, than absolutely. Let's, let's hear from Ryan Tannehill on that last play. I kind of had a great view of, of the whole thing. Came back inside. Um, then I saw him and Gronk about 10 yards away. I was like, Gronk's on the field. We got this, you know. Uh, yeah. So was- That's funny. And then uh, because, you know, a lot of – as soon as the play happened – and by the way, this play happened within 10 seconds of the Jets winning their game on a fourth and goal rush. So in another lost season for me as a football fan, that was nice. But a lot And of- the larger headline. Yes, exactly. But the big – uh, the tweets I was getting right after this play was, oh, we got to hear Zolak. And none of us have heard this yet, just for the record. <laughs> Hopefully, this leads to an exploding head. Let's listen. Tannehill throws down the middle, caught by Stills. Laterals back to Butler, or rather Parker, who flips it to Drake. He runs across the 40 of New England, angling inside oh, to the 30, 25. <laughs> 20, 15, Teddy's going to win the foot race to the end zone. The Dolphins are going to win it on the lateral. Once, then twice, and Drake takes it in. And the Patriots stand stunned in disbelief. Oh, where's Zolak? That was the OG. He he uttered. I think he. I think he essentially his life might have ended there. I'm not sure what he didn't speak again. He said, "Oh Jesus, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the end of Scott." That's Zolak. that's a nice final line from him. If we never hear from him again. <laughs> All right, let's move on. He's missed a 37 yarder earlier today. Snap. Hold. He slips. He slips. The Raiders win it. The Raiders win it. Can you believe it? Oh my! The Raiders are a winner. Let the celebration begin, baby. <laughs> I love it. You know, Brett Musburger, you could tell it in his voice. He's having a nice time in Vegas. As predicted. Brett's having a good time out there. Chris Boswell stuck his plant foot in the loose sod at Oakland Coliseum. Didn't hold. His slip and resulting field goal misfire. I think he hit it right into the defensive line. Clinched a 24-21 Raiders win over the Steelers. Uh, in what may have been the biggest upset of the day. Let's face it. Mark, big big Ben Roethlisberger began, began the second half on the bench with a rib injury, magically reappeared, and appeared to save the Steelers, but Pittsburgh's defense wilted. A hideous loss. Damn. It's the kind of loss that when you want to get down on Pittsburgh, it, this sort of it, these are the drapings because it's, it, it's, they've gone to Oakland before and lost weird games. And I did not think this was the team with the DNA to do that this time around. But you lose Big Ben for a big chunk of the game. And he was sitting there on the sideline, and we were like – he did not look superly in pain. And there was this sort of dramatic element where Big Ben came marching out onto the field. There's a billion Steelers fans in Oakland. And it was – he received the ovation that I imagined in his mind. Uh, He thought he would. And then he sort of was just nestled on the sideline and at one point bouncing around and jumping and getting ready to maybe go back in. But then they kept Josh Dobbs in there for – 
you know, a, a, a rash of hideous plays. Just to build up the drama a little bit more. Build yep. it up, and then Big Ben comes in and creates this eight-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. And listen, the one thing about this game, we can get into the Steelers' side of it on offense, is that the Steelers' defense is a big part of what happened here because an Oakland offense that I have not believed in in a long time and a quarterback in Derek Carr who seems every week to get hit about as hard as some any, any quarterback in the league, taking terrible, terrible sacks, orchestrated a pair of late touchdown drives. One of them was a 14-play, 76-yarder that put them up 17-14 with eight, five minutes to go. It took nearly eight minutes off the clock and then answered Big Ben's return to the game touchdown drive with an eight-play, 75-yarder that, that, that drained the clock down to almost nothing. And then we had that incredible nearly game-winning drive from the Steelers that had a second insane lateral play. Yeah, we, Juju Smith-Schuster had a big play to put them uh, in line uh, to tie it and send it to overtime. But Boswell, who's – I don't know if I want to blame him for this, and I know uh, Kent Brown – can't blame him for he, that. Yeah, he works uh, – Kent Brown, who works for us, he's a big Steelers fan, and he had told me earlier in the day that they, they had an entire crew of Steelers personnel trucking in – um, cleats to change out of because whatever cleats they had originally was not working, and that's because this is the last baseball football field, and the field apparently is not up to snuff. That's I mean, I know you could see it with your eyes. Yeah, I, and I know Mark, you were rooting for the Steelers to go down, and I think a lot of people like to see the Steelers lose because they win a lot. But I I hate when a game gets decided like that. It, it just was kind of a bummer. To the me. one thing that bugs me is because now you know there is we have to find out what the rib injury for Big Ben, how serious it is. But there's no James. Okay. Connor, and we, there's hope that he'll be back, but the ground game was not the same. They had, I think, five or six yards of uh, rushing offense at halftime, and they never really got back on track, and so there are concerns if one of these two or both these two don't go into this New England game next week. It's, it, the problem is I feel like that's the third or fourth time that's happened to the Steelers, where you finally deal with the Patriots, whether it's in the regular season or typically in the playoffs, and you're down one of your and star players. And it's a much bigger game for the Steelers Absolutely. than the Patriots, because the Steelers have to be worried about falling out of the playoffs entirely. That's yeah, on they, the table now. They can't be considered the favorites in the AFC North right now. They have a half-game lead. Woo! They're on a three-game losing streak, and they play the Patriots and Saints the next two weeks. Are they even a good team right now? I don't know. They, they keep losing these close. So that's three straight, and they've all been close. I mean, they're basically all right at the end. Uh, I think they, they should be a good team. They should be better. The, it's crazy how the Raiders, too, have put together two nice offensive performances in a row out of nowhere. I mean, Derek Carr, if he with nobody, if he finishes this season out like this, the next three weeks, I just think that could impact the way they think about you know whether he would be available in a trade or anything like that because he played well last week. It's too. still an offense that runs through Jared Cook, who's playing very well last couple weeks. But then you got Seth Roberts. They've got there's guys I've never heard of catching passes. I have a prediction to make for the upcoming week ahead of Week 15 in the NFL, coming off a third straight loss in a game in which uh, Smith Schuster went eight for 130 and two touchdowns. And Antonio Brown went for five for 35 on seven targets. Antonio Brown will be heard from, whether it's in the media or missing on the practice field. I think Tomlin's going to have to be heard from after he said we were in the rhythm and flow of the game is why they didn't put right. Ben in earlier. That makes no sense it, to me. Punt, turnover on downs, interception, punt. And Josh Dobbs yeah, did not look ready for primetime. They threw nine throws. This is against the Raiders for 24 yards in, an, in a pick. That's what Josh Dobbs did. So it does make you, just watching the game, it, it looked like they were trying to sneak a win out. 
and you don't want to speculate what right. happened to Ben, but they say it's a rib injury, so you can pretty much you know put it together that they're trying to get that win without risking him hurting it again, and it didn't work out. And all that said, Big Ben did come in, but if he put can him go back in, in the lead, go play. And and the Steelers, if you're a team that should be taken seriously at this juncture of the season, go go win a game at that point. Get the stop and and move on. I'm I am, gonna do it. I, I think plenty stunned. of Steelers fans agree with you. I'm stunned by this team losing three straight. I really am because I think they were so strong up front. They might have the best line in the league. They have a good defensive line, but it hasn't happened. All right, let's move on to another great ending. Prescott and the gun. They look like they're going to blitz. Here comes everybody. Slant in the direction. Cooper caught it on the bounce. Off the defender. Cooper walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Cooper. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game besides the ball? Bouncing off a defender into Amari Cooper's hands and him walking in for the winning score. A lot of ways. He's Brad Sham. He's the Sham God of Cowboys Radio Network. Amari Cooper went off for 217 and three touchdowns. The final score uh, on a deflected ball. The difference in the Cowboys' 29-23 overtime win over the Eagles at Jarrow World. These two teams combined for 31 points in the fourth quarter as Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz flipped a switch late in this one. Greg, this one all but guarantees an NFC East title for the Cowboys, but does it make you a believer in that big D? Uh, in what sense? They could win a playoff game, yes. I mean, I think they're... Con- they're one- any way you want. They're one of the most consistent uh, teams. I mean, I thought we eliminated the phrase big D from the program. I voted that down. It had to be unanimous. That was a request. That was a simple request. I, I would have uh, supported that request. They're only a week away from beating the Saints. Of course they can win a playoff game. Right. I mean, they. but this game... This game was a reminder that even when they play at their best, sometimes they just invite close games. And that's why it, it shouldn't have ended on a lucky tip because the, the Cowboys destroyed Philadelphia throughout this game. I mean, they had 576 yards to 256. Whoa. They had 45 minutes time of possession to 22 for the Eagles. They were the better team from minute one through overtime. Uh, but because Dak Prescott had probably the worst 455, like 42, you know, three touchdown performance you'll ever want to see early by missing a lot of throws and that they played it a little tight to the vest and they expected their defense to finish it off. It was closer than it needed to be, but I'm impressed that Dak kind of put all that aside and Amari Cooper just became a star and he's been a star since he's been there. Amari Cooper carried Dak Prescott in this game. Yes. And this guy, credit credit the Cowboys front office. They got a number four overall pick kind of talent and they gave up a pick that's going to be in the 20s. That is a vast difference in value. And I know you have to sign him to a deal, but this was a great trade for the Cowboys, not just a almost a good trade or barely a good trade. This was a home run trade. I mean, he's completely transformed their offense. And I, I don't even know if the Cowboys thought it could go this well because he has basically become the greatest version of what he was when he was a playmaker in Oakland and maybe even better and it, it was he simply was not that guy near the uh, end of his his tenure in Oakland. And what he's done now is take remember what the Cowboys looked like before that trade where putrid anytime they fell behind, they were banged. And now they have the ability to make big plays, explosive plays, and he's been at the center of it of every every one of these big plays. And the ability to deliver a key lock in week fourteen. Oh yeah. That's that big was, West. I you was, said you were sweating it. I think that was the most I've sweated a lock. <laughs> they I mean, the way Cooper talked about uh, the game-winning catch after the game kind of says 
why he's so valuable. He he said they knew the slant was coming, so he stemmed the route. He kind of changed up the route a little bit. He's a very smart player. He's a great route runner. It also is the reminder that the Cowboys run these isolation routes where they're basically, which not a lot of teams do anymore as much as the Cowboys, where they're like, hey, get open. You know, like, go win your matchup. And, and, he's, and he's the only guy in the team that can go win his matchup. And he does it, you know, time after time against the banged-up Eagles secondary. Yeah, he's winning matchups. He's great after the catch. He's scoring touchdowns. He's moving the chains. What more can you ask from a number one receiver? I this guy's just, doing everything. We, we, we were watching the Steelers-Raiders game at the same exact time that Cowboys-Eagles was blowing up. And there was a clip of, you know, John Gruden, who finally did something here, you know, weeks away from Christmas, jogging down the field in Oakland, right, pumping his fists, you know, and waving to fans who will be in Las Vegas two years from now and not in Oakland. And then seconds later, Amari Cooper caps off the game the way he did, and it's a reminder that as good of as traded it was for the Cowboys, it, the Raiders have traded away two of the best players in the league to teams <laughs> that know how to use them. Right. And, and it's not a good look right now. Zeke was awesome in this game, too. We haven't even mentioned his name, and I think he had 190 yards. That fourth down play. 40 catches. touches. And, yeah, 40 touches, a fourth down play where the Eagles won off the line, which they did here and there. The Eagles, def- I, the Eagles for the first time almost, it felt like a last gasp, like the title – the, you know, the belt holder, right as he's about to lose the belt, starts fighting back. Because we didn't think Carson Wentz would have had a drive left no. in him. The only reason they had a touchdown in the first three and a half quarters in this game was because they took over the ball at a two-yard line after a Dak Prescott interception. And yet Wentz went up and down the field with two great touchdown drives, including some dimes, to put you know, to make the Cowboys earn this NFC East, and they basically won. Yeah. It, one thing I'd say, because we talked about two teams where coaching in the front office have helped transform who they were midseason. It's the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and their new offense and the Cowboys doing everything we just said. The Eagles are the team that could never figure out how to change what they were, which is a boring, underwhelming Super Bowl defending champion. And I, I think since we're in the postmortem stage for the Eagles, because I think the Cowboys, according to uh, the people that – Judge these things are 99% uh, favorites to win this division. Eagles fans will argue with you that, hey, if we get to nine wins, we probably might get in the playoffs here as a wild card. Or if Dallas Goddard wasn't called on it for pass interference. If if you're an Eagles fan, I'm just saying they could still have some hopes, but not much. When's the last time the Eagles played a good game? Yeah, that's why I don't. It's been a long time. Two months, and Carson Wentz is a big part of that. He just hasn't looked sharp, and he got hot at the end of this game, but he missed a lot of throws. Of course, he missed the end of last season during the Super Bowl run with the serious knee injury. He's a guy. Not that I I have doubts on him now, but I think he's going to be a guy next summer where he's going to have a lot of motivation to show uh, where he's at and that he is a superstar type guy because this was a disappointing season. Let us uh, before we move on hear from a sponsor. You guys, loose cannon here, and guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. You know, um, I personally can't comment on this because I'm a female and I love going to the doctor, but I understand that there are some men in their lives that, that don't feel comfortable going to a doctor, and so it's easier to just do it from, you know, the privacy of your own home. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians could diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything online. 
All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash around. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash around. That's GetRoman.com slash around for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash around and get that figured out. Hand off Barkley. Runs left. He's got room. He's up to the 40, 50. It's a foot race to the Redskins 30. No one's going to catch Barkley. He raises his hand and celebrates. Touchdown Giants. 78 yards for the rookie sensation Saquon Barkley. Mm. Bob Papa, one of the best voices in the business. Giants Radio Network. Saquon Barkley, he's incredible. The Giants rookie went off for 170 yards on the ground on just 14 carries. That big one, uh, the 78-yarder. Uh, hammer dropper as the Giants dismantled the Redskins 40-16 to in Landover and built up a 34-zip lead heading into halftime and cruise to the finish line and now we are joined by our boy just about to get a pump in, Nick Shook Yeah, all pump, no guard Hey Shooky, the Giants woke up today feeling dangerous Yeah, um, you know if there's one guy who's dangerous on that team who's not named Saquon Barkley it might be Eli Manning Uh oh well, let's hear about it. You know, He's nest. This. 14 to 22, 100, 197 yards, three touchdowns, and he's spreading the ball around to everyone not named Odell Beckham since he didn't play. Uh, both Shepherds caught a touchdown pass, and Benny Fowler, formerly of the Broncos, caught a touchdown pass as well. Corey Coleman with a play. Yeah, and he almost scored one too. He went out of bounds at the two-yard line. So uh, this this Giants offense is playing a lot better lately. Obviously, it has a lot to do with Saquon Barkley and what he can do. And... Uh, really punched the Redskins in the mouth beginning. The Barkley touchdown is, you know, one cut, nice hole opened up by the O-line, which has gotten so much better. And, uh, and, you know, Eli was getting killed for a reason because he wasn't playing well, but he was getting no protection. This line has gotten a lot better, and they've won four or five because of it. And once he hit the hole, he's just gone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he helps soften up a defense. I mean, it, it's a little bit harder to go after Eli Manning when you got to account for what Saquon can do in space. And, and he did it at every level today. I mean, whether it was a short run where he's running guys over and getting extra yards or he's going long or anywhere in between, he had a really good game. Well, and here in- is – oh, go ahead, Greg. I just thought it was interesting after the game Eli Manning said, I think we're starting to figure out that the offense goes through Saquon. Yep. Which, if you were, if have you they were, not attempted to make that the case? I mean, I I don't know. They it couldn't seems run like it, early in the year, right? It seems like it always has been. If you thought that that Eli Manning was the type of person to send a message this way, you would almost think like, hey, this happened on a day without Od- ODB there. But uh, I don't think Eli Manning is that type of person where he's trying to send some message. No, I don't. I nor do I. I mean, <laughs> probably not. And what an epic disaster for the Redskins, whose season could not be a bigger mess right now. That this. This chain of, of drives leading up until what must have been a garbage time scenario in the fourth quarter. Punt, 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 interception, punt, punt, interception, punt, 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 downs. Bye-bye. Mark Sanchez, uh, 0.0 passer rating. Mm. The silver lining, Josh Johnson gets to play next week. Uh, he threw Was a, he named the starter already? Uh, he wasn't Makes specifically sense. named the starter, but... Uh, he named made, himself the starter. Yeah, it's, he did. <laughs> it's funny on on the dot com. I wrote uh, a piece this week about Sanchez. Just that I was happy that he got back. He's back in the NFL and has a chance to maybe. It's great. Give it's, someone else, you know, show maybe it's not. You know, he's not all butt fumble. Maybe he could be in the middle of a race a little bit. <laughs> I didn't think he was necessarily going to play well. 
but this is not going to cut it. And that was probably – there's a chance that's the last time you see Mark Sanders. Yeah, it's not going to last long. 14 it, attempts for 38 yards and two picks. Come on. I mean – you're just not even trying. That's the season. One of the picks was no, the worst thing is he is trying. I mean, not him. I'm saying the Redskins as an organization. <laughs> I don't know. Josh Johnson, 11 of 16 here. I think this is a perfect setup for the San Diego fleet of that other league where they're getting this guy warmed up in an NFL climate to go thrive for them. Well, that this, first this round is pick their, is looking even better. Absolutely. It's their budding star. Josh Johnson, come buy tickets now. Imagine dominating at the NFL level, and then you go to the AAF. Superstar. It's so rare to see an injury like Alex Smith's where you knew right away it was not only ruining their chances mm. to go to the playoffs this year, it was setting that franchise back a couple of years, and they're going to miss a window here. And by the way, Laletta, uh, Eli's backup, came in, went 0 for 5 with a pick. So Eli's not only preventing them from drafting Cha-ching. his successor, he's making sure people he's, – he's winning now by so much people can see that – Laletta's not ready either. Well, maybe he is Machiavelli and Greg, to your point. <laughs> I, I smell it now, a three-year, $60 million extension coming up in about a month or so. Uh, let's move on. Out of a pistol, showing a little fly sweep motion. Mullins pulls the ball back, throws a wide open. Kittle near side. Kittle 40. Kittle leads a block 50. Kittle got the block Goodbye. 30. He is gone. Stone cold. Kittle 85 yards. Welcome to the 1,000-yard club. Oh, I like it. Nice job by you, Ted Robinson. KNBR with the call. George Kittle caught an 85-yard touchdown pass on his way to 210 yards receiving. Uh, he's the first Niners touch, uh, tight end to ever go over 1,000. Who would have thought that? All the great guys I would not in their history. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers bury the Broncos. Well, they get out to a 20-0 lead and, and end up winning 2014. They beat the Denver Broncos. Nick Shook in a game where you would think with the Broncos hanging in for a playoff spot that they would take care of business other way around. Yeah, they came out like they forgot that they had a game to play today. I've, that can't I, happen in that spot. It, it, well, it reflects really poorly on Vance Joseph, but before we go there, I mean, they, they, they simply did not come out to play football. They thought the Niners were going to lay down. That's the way they carried themselves the entire first half, and I know they were missing Emmanuel Sanders on offense. And they're missing a lot of people. And I think Three Chris Harris, of linemen, yes. Chris Harris. Chris Harris is a and big Chris part Harris of Chris Harris is the other Chris one, Chris Harris, too. Chris Harris. But they looked unprepared. <laughs> uh, Chris Harris missed the game. Yeah. They, they, Wes, can you think but they looked, they looked unprepared. Well, don't forget their best cornerback, Chris Harris. <laughs> Harris, Chris, not active today. <laughs> Chris Harris, Jr. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget about Senior. All right, go ahead. Senior didn't play either. <laughs> Shook's like, can I go home now? It's like, I waited around for this. No, but uh, no, the Broncos came out flat. They put themselves in a huge hole at halftime. They had to try to spend the entire second half coming back. They fell short. They went. They uh, came up short on fourth down twice with some questionable play calling. It took them forever to get in the end zone when they did score their second touchdown of the game, and they just were outplayed for the majority of it. They, they didn't have enough time to come back mm. because of what they did in the first half. I, I think it was the Kyle Shanahan stick it in Elway's ear factor, a little mm. revenge game. Oh, I not, like this theory. For Say not hiring him as the, uh, the Broncos coach because he was a little too worried that Shanahan would be the type of guy who would want to have a lot of personnel. Uh, say, and then Shanahan's out there making uh, George Kittle's the best tight end in the league right now. We'll give Kittle credit for that, but Jeffrey Wilson running for 90 yards and Nick Mullins throwing for 3-30-2. I mean, it is crazy. They're somehow, I'm still just as impressed with Kyle Shanahan, even though they're 3-10. I don't care. 
Yeah, I think we give him a pass for defense because the 49ers defense has been awful ever since he got there. But there's no question he's one of the best offensive minds in football, and he would be scooped up immediately if the 49ers ever got rid of him. They probably could have won this game by another score, but mm-hmm. they they turned in they, they shifted into uh, play not to lose mode until the end when they needed a first down. Like real quick, what happened to Philip Lindsay today after such an incredible performance a week ago? His carries weren't consistent. They didn't get him the ball when you think they would, and then when they did, they saw some production, but it just wasn't enough. And they had they were playing from behind pretty early. There was a big fourth down and three, I believe, where they swung it out to him and could not get the first down. One time it, it was a run, another time it was a swing pass. Both times mm. it up the yard. It's short. the problem with doing the schedule thing with these six and six type of thing teams too far out because you're like oh the the, Broncos have an easy schedule but they're six and six for a reason and even though they did lose a lot of players to injury it's like you gotta go yeah you gotta win (laughs) he's out well Chris Harris is also out uh, so that's gonna hurt them next week against the Browns well you got Baker Mayfield the guy who loves to go downfield and who's missing Chris Chris Harris Harris. let's move on Empty backfield Funny five guys. wide Good for bit. Darnold on third down and a long five inside the ten. He drops back to throw. Looks over the middle. Flushed out of the pocket. Rolling right. Extends the play. Pivots back to his left. Still scrambling. Gets to the 15-yard line. Hurls one into the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown. Robbie Anderson. What a play by Sam Darnold. Mm, Bob was choosing with the call. Jets Radio Network. Sam Darnold gave Jets fans something to believe. On Sunday, his return to the lineup produced the desired effect for the Jets. Some life. The rookie led two second-half scoring drives. The second putting the Jets ahead for good late in the fourth quarter. A 27-23 win over the Bills in a matchup of two top ten picks behind center. Shook. um, It could not have started worse for the Jets um, as Darnold comes out. They get off slow start. He goes back to the locker room with looks what looks like a re-aggravation of the foot injury, and you're thinking, oh, my God, it cannot get worse. He comes back out, and once he warms up, he does some special things. Yeah, he starts cooking and helps him overcome an early deficit and outshines Josh Allen, and the second half was really Darnold's stage, and he performed pretty well for the most part. Now, he had that you know, textbook uh, rookie mistake where he forces the ball and tries to do a little too much, which he's been doing since his USC days. But he also, get, you know, he got the positive from his USC days because he led that that uh, go-ahead touchdown drive, a beautiful throw to Robbie Anderson down the sideline. Earlier in that quarter, he had scrambled and, and thrown the touchdown that we heard there on the clip. And uh, overall, this is the type of production I think you want out of this guy. Now, it was a little peculiar, and you, you think – if maybe Todd Bowles is feeling a little more stable in his employment, they might have not played him, you'd think, right? Because he's had this foot injury. He missed three right. games. Right, once he goes to the locker room, maybe it's just, let's it's shut it. him down. Yeah, yeah, let's shut him down. But, you know, Todd Bowles' job, you know, is a little unstable, so I can understand why they I think played it's a lot, him. I, it's so unstable that I don't care what the Jets do. They they have to go find someone to help Darnold grow and maximize him, and they don't have that coaching staff. And the same, same situation at the end of the game. They're at the goal line. It's fourth down. It's a three-point game. Yep. And they could f- kick the field goal, but you know Bowles is probably in you know hail mary mode. They hand the ball off and get and get the touchdown. The interesting wrinkle on that play was bringing in an extra lineman as a fullback to lead the way, and uh, he took out two defenders and cleared enough space for Elijah McGuire. And also oh, get in a plug by the way for your offensive line piece. Oh uh, yeah, right go here. to uh, NFL.com/slash/Ford to read my weekly behind the O line piece. Ford, as in the Bam. car, the truck. Should the be truck. slash shook, but whatever. Well, that exists too, but that's oh, good. Other stuff you can find it there as well. Uh, but no. Uh, it was really a little bit interesting to me, too, that they trusted 
you know, basically the game to an off-tackle handoff to Elijah McGuire. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> call. It, wor- it worked out, but yeah. Um, Josh Allen ran for 100 yards, again, 101 yards. He had 99 around the halftime, so he's only the second quarterback in NFL history atop 90 yards rushing in three consecutive games. Wow. Joining who, Wes, a Green Bay quarterback in 1951 named? Come on, you got this. Hold on. You could do this. I'll give you the initials. You ready? Yeah. Camille Edgerton. TR. <laughs> Tobin wrote. Bang! Tobin wrote. 1951. Uh, but he still he threw a bad interception yeah. as well. Uh, Tobin wrote did? Two of them. Two. Uh, two yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he threw a lot, actually. <laughs> Jermaine Johnson had both interceptions. So, And, and from the Darnold uh, angle, those turnovers do scare me because – you hear that they were in college. Yep. When he scrambles, when there's pressure, sometimes he throws it up. You got to smooth that out. But he's making some throws in this game, and and we've seen it. Other, there's reason for hope with Darnold. This was the textbook Darnold game. I mean, this is everything good and bad about him. And luckily, there was more good than bad, and it produced a win for them today. Right. Shook, please tell me that Matt Milano, who is Luke Keekley after taxes, is not seriously injured. I am a huge fan of him. After taxes, but is that good? Is that, is he better or worse? If it's after taxes, he's, well, it's less. It's you less made money. less money. They've taken the government has taken away. In this I believe case. This well, I know that. But he's like, Luke Keekley light. Okay. Mm. Okay. It's like go. New York too. Like a, you know, there's a lot of taxes. Unless the bills just don't pay their taxes, and then he's the equal. <laughs> he got carted off. Yeah, he got carted off. Uh. And, uh, I haven't checked up on the status of that at this point, but uh, it looked pretty serious, which is a bummer because you're right. He is an excellent player, and he's the heart of that defense. I'm glad that he's one of your favorite players. I think your vanity should be I be shook. Is that how you'd say that, Eric? <laughs> I, uh, probably not. Okay. Ouch. Eric not paying attention there. So, hey, Nick. Um, <laughs> thanks what? for everything. No, it was a what? bad she, tagline. She, no, I she's, be shook. She's correcting my attempt to shut it down. I thought that. I thought maybe you had nodded off. Then. No, she was giving him a little she, bit of the business. I she quickly shook. responded with you were giving good him the business. I be shook. That's terrible, Mark. I didn't see like your. <laughs> it's better than yeah. just plain shook. <laughs> yeah, it's. She's no. giving you the business. You already pinned him down, Tempo, so you don't have to go back up to the top <laughs> rope and just I suspected it was I suspected it was faulty, so that's why I went to the jargon, the linguist <laughs> right, of our right. of our younger But then Dan goes, Oh, she's asleep. I'm he like, took a no, shot at you, which yeah. was that was a bad job by me. Exactly. Yeah. So I gotta stick up for myself. Yeah, I agree. All right, Shook, uh, now that we've settled all that and we know that Chris Har- Harris is out of action, we can say goodbye to you and you can get that pump on because I know you got that urge to pump. Yeah, it's uh it's Sunday, it's chest day. Oh, yeah. That's a fun day. There goes Shook. Let us move on. Plus luck on first down. Throws end zone looking for a man. He's got it. Touchdown, Zach Pascal. Pascal from 17 yards away. And the Colts now lead 23 to 14. Oh, Pascal the rascal. Matt Taylor, Colts Radio Network with a call. Andrew Luck threw for 399 and two touchdowns, including that big uh, final score to Pascal. T.Y. Hilton went for 199. The Colts, a 24-21 road win over the Texans. Houston's nine-game winning streak is kaput, and the Colts get a win they absolutely had to have. The biggest question, however, is Indy's prodigal son, Chris Wessling, back in the fold. This was a fun game. Is he back? Has <laughs> he come home? Yes, he is. I, I believe that they are a playoff team, yes. He's and, back. And a big part of it is how well their defense is playing, that they're overshadowed by the offense. But their defense played almost as well as the Jaguars did in the shutout last week. And then today, they really took out the Texans' running game, which we talked about was on fire, averaging about 172 yards on the ground. Mm, tough loss. The past six weeks. For the Zeuser. And 
they really limited Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue to about 2.5 yards per carry today. Danico Autry has been awesome. Five sacks in the last couple of weeks. Marcus Hunt made a few plays. Darius Leonard, of course, 12 more tackles. Another sack. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Breaking up a pass in the red zone to DeAndre Hopkins in coverage. It was a really good game by the defense. And then Andrew Luck, ball placement and pocket movement were incredible today. T.Y. Hilton was more than Jonathan Joseph and Kareem Jackson could handle. Wasn't he a game-time decision, too? I guess uh, At, Playing no, through no a painful shoulder injury. He has been on fire, averaging about 135 yards per game over the past month. Um, the Colts outplayed the Texans, and this was after a first quarter in which the Texans dominated, and I don't think the Colts had a single first down. They went up-tempo in the second quarter, and luck caught fire, throwing for over 200 yards in that quarter. What, right? With Wes, one question, though, because they do I, – I, I'm with you. I think they're a fun team. But you do have the Cowboys and Titans uh, with a better-than-before Giants team in the middle, and they're very banged up. Do you see them survive? They basically probably need to win out. I, I, here's what I see as their biggest problem. They have a lot of conference losses, too, which hurts. Their biggest problem is that their running game has disappeared and their offensive line has not blocked well since Ryan Kelly, their center, went down with an injury. They, in the in the fourth quarter, with when it should be clock-killing time, they had to pass the ball to kill the clock, which is not a recipe for winning mm-hmm. because they just can't run. And, and I know Marlon Mack has talent, but he's not a – power runner he's not an inside runner he's not a clock killing guy and he certainly can't do it without blocking I know Wes loves this team because after the first quarter you're go you're you're kind of riding this team like a fan would which I which I like to see out of Wes it means that you're you're in on them I feel and, like and I you know are, their you strength. are very down on them after one quarter thinking it's hopeless and then they come back and to put up after especially a quarter like that to put up 436 to put up that many yards in Houston 24 first I mean, that's pretty impressive offensive performance to, to a Texans defense that had been playing great. I think I ride that roller coaster because I know their strength and weaknesses so well. And this game was almost all luck and Hilton on offense. I mean, luck was incredible. Um, from, from the start of the second quarter on, he was just about unstoppable. He's the guy of that entire pack of teams fighting for the sixth spot that has the most ability to just put his team on his back. I'm picking one player from all of those teams that's just going to say, hey, we're going to the playoffs because I'm just going to carry you there. He's that guy. And yeah, the surrounding talent isn't that good. And Jadavian Clowney, I know you want to get paid like one of the top edge rushers in football. Can't jump off sides in that spot. That that clinched the game for the Colts. And, and Clowney, who's had a nice career, but maybe not as explosive as we've, as we've thought, that's the moment when he's supposed to make the Aaron Donald play and win the game, and he did the exact opposite. He's made some of them over the years. Yeah, but, what, uh, what, what would you give his career? B plus? I think B minus. I mean, it depends. If you're grading on a There's number. There's been some durability. There. If you're grading on a number one overall pick curve, then I guess it's. Not yeah, just B+. that even. It was kind of like he got the LT hype too. That's all. Well, we saw him in person. He he, he has he's won playoff games for them. I mean, yeah, it's he's going to get paid. I know. I don't want to. I'm not trying to kill the guy. Jadevian Clowney it's makes Nick Shook look the way Nick Shook makes me look. You feel a little wrong. <laughs> you feel a little wronged by your Texans. You jumped off. You jumped back on. And I never got still off. Good. They're still good. I never got off the Texans, but right. it's a tough loss. I haven't I been locking the locks. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was not a good job by them. They did you wrong today. It is what it is. Uh, let us move on. Newton shotgun. Takes the snap. Brown's coming on a blitz. They throw to the middle. It's picked off. They got it at the 50. It's Demarius Randall at the 47-yard line. And it's going to be all over. <laughs> Jim, 
Donovan, Browns Radio Network with a call. The Panthers slide into irrelevance, continues. Cam Newton once again fell short in the fourth quarter, outplayed by Browns rookie Baker Mayfield in Cleveland's 26-20 win. Uh, that's five straight losses for the Panthers, who sign- suddenly find their playoff hopes on life support. Mark, you categorize Cleveland's playoff, ho- playoff hopes similarly, but hey, this is huge, undeniable progress in Cleveland this year. It is, and I mean, part of the diagnosis for what's shotgun Carolina out of contention is the shoulder injury to Cam Newton that you wanted to see today if it would be any improved. He came out of the gate and hit two kind of mid-range strikes that were well thrown, I thought. But then as the game wore on, again, they were in a Hail Mary situation at the end of the half, and there comes Tyler Heineke in there. And then as the game went on, I, I sometimes you can tell when Cam Newton is in clear pain or just discomfort, and you can see it on his face. And he was frustrated, and he was sailing passes high. And that pick at the end is one of them. But there was a chance for them to take the lead earlier in the end zone where he overshot Jarius Wright, where I, I, I think another version of Cam Newton, that's a trade of his, but another version of Cam Newton would have made that. So I don't know if it's all the shoulder thing or if it was also frigid cold there, but he was vastly outplayed by Baker Mayfield. And a Browns offense to kind of slowed down during at one point in this game, but then found a way with creativity, incredibly creative plays. They used Jarvis Landry on a touchdown, short touchdown run. Then this second play that woke up the Browns offense where Baker Mayfield had to do a sleight of hand, and basically it was an an interior type of run where Jarvis Landry shot up through the defense for 50-something yards to set up a touchdown. I I don't want to gush over Baker Mayfield. You can go watch this yourself, but... What I'm seeing is Why how, not? Mu- Gus, well, baby. how much they trust him because Gross. there's all these little sleight of hand plays. Get there gussy. was a Statue of Liberty <laughs> handoff to Nick Chubb, and he just sees the field because they were sending free rushers at him, and he's dumping it off to not the first or not trying to force it to the first guy, but finding the third or fourth option for positive yardage and positive plays. And the, if you, I know he had the interceptions early last week where I think he's trying to make something happen and there was not his best throws. But if you take the second half of that game against the Texans and package it with this, it is a thing of beauty. And that is the reason I think that Cleveland has put so much in his hands. He's mentally there every game and growing that they simply believe. I think sometimes when a quarterback plays this way, it's infectious for both sides of the ball. They just said, we're going to find a way to get it done. And this was a game where they would have lost this 19 out of 20 times with past Browns teams, and they found a way to get rid of the Panthers today. Hmm. I'm going to cue them up first on Game Pass again this week for the third straight week. Um, This is two weeks in a row that Cam Newton, it sounds like his arm strength really fell apart in the fourth quarter. Maybe he only has so many throws in him each week. I think that's well said because he started out I thought looking sharper than some of the stuff last week. Yeah, he and fell and off. I thought fell he made a cliff. lot of great throws last week, especially early in the game. But it doesn't seem like the heater is there when he goes to the outside. As you, they didn't even have him on the injury report by the end of the week, and I know that's all, all sorts of mirrors with that. But I mean, we talked about it on Thursday. And now they, I, th- I believe they have the Saints next week. The Panthers. They have the Saints twice coming up. I mean, yep. at what point do you shut the guy down if he, if he, if he's a guy you can't even trust to throw at fifty yards? I down think down after field. next week, when I they're out of, when they're officially eliminated, there's no way Ron Rivera, with his job on the line, should take Cam Newton out. Uh, it's just not how it's done. But it's amazing to think we were talking downstairs like, are the Browns in it or not? Because if they actually get to eight wins. 
you know, you could see a lot of the teams in front of them because they're playing two of them falling off. And just the fact that we're having this conversation going into week 15 is pretty. The one no, thing I'd win. say, it's because win. how long it's been for them to enjoy football, the fans in that stadium, I've noticed that it is it's been insanely loud. I mean, it's late December, yes. mid-December, and that stadium the crowd has is been what a- it Right, hasn't been that way for so. I mean, they've been a great fan base, but they are something legit to cheer for versus fake. And cheer. I mean, it's a big play offense. They only ran forty-five plays today. The bre- uh, first for, for play was a sixty-six, 66 yard completion. A fifty, a fifty. You know, Landry had two different fifty-one yard right. plays. Uh, you know, and Joku Chubb had a big play. It's like they're a big play offense. Ron Rivera's butt could be getting warm now. This is a re- turning really ugly for this team. Uh, we'll see how this is going to play out for Rivera, but they're six and seven. They were once upon a time uh, viewed as an NFC uh, powerhouse. So we'll see what happens there. And one more note: Greg Williams, he improves to three and two in his five games as interim coach. He's already matched Hugh Jackson's win total over two plus seasons. <laughs> well, you can see it on the field. I don't know if it's him or what, but they they're 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 well organized, which was oh never God. the case. I well, mean, it doesn't. Just, I, that is an insane. insane it doesn't speak fact. well for Hugh. That's like no, just a fact. That's nothing that's fact. happening speaks well. It's for just Hugh a fact. And Hugh has another three or four losses since he switched teams. Well, uh, and another three-year contract coming from the Cincinnati Bengals. Apparently, let's hear from our sponsor. This holiday season, give yourself the gift of extra money in your pocket when you consolidate your credit cards with Lightstream. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate. Get a credit card consolidation loan with rates as low as 6.14% APR with auto pay. That's much lower than the national average credit card interest rate, which is over 19% APR. Plus, your rate is fixed. So as your rates continue to rise, your low rate won't budge. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and get your money as soon as the day you apply. The application is 100% online and there are no fees. This holiday season, save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash football. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash football. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash football for more information. Fourth and three, anger out to punt, and it's blocked. Taysom Hill is through with the punt block, and the Saints recover at the 30-yard line, and that's the kind of play this team needed in this game. Put him at quarterback or tailback and let Taysom, it's the Taysom Hill show. <laughs> Zach Strafe, Deuce McAllister, WWL to call Taysom Hill. The Saints, Mr. Do Everything, delivered a game-changing play on special teams, and the Saints offense took it from there. A 28-14 win over the Bucks at rainy Ray J Stadium. Mark, the Saints got off to another sluggish start, but Hill provided the wake-up call. They did. Three yards rushing in the first half, 105 yards as a team. This has been one of the hardest-working offenses, and I think what they kind of said was, look, last week's four quarters against the Cowboys in the first half here, we're going to take a nice little six-quarter nap before we wake up and get back to business in the business of winning the NFC potentially, that play changed everything. And it kind of reminds me of like someone trying to get out of writer's block. Like you can't write for a couple of weeks. You can't, you're in a funk. You're drinking too much. You're eating, you're not eating well. You're not getting along with anyone. You ha- you're, will you ever, whatever happened, whatever happened again. <laughs> like, and then something, then somehow like, you crack out of it and you, and you deliver. You, to to bed. Yeah. you deliver, you deliver <laughs> and you're back. You're like, I can't get that 300 word article about Terrell Suggs' knee injury. Like, can't How do I write do it? it? How do I write it? So I'm just saying that was a, I think I don't, I, they're not, something about them feels a little jiggy still. I'm not sure that they're completely <laughs> back in action, and but 
You're getting the Panthers next week. That should help. Are you bringing I, back Jiggy? <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I think it's a division game on the road against a division opponent they've struggled with. Any way that you can win the game, especially going away by two scores, is a, is a great win. Like, I don't think they need to be knocked at all for not putting up a ton of yards. Although, 298 against Tampa is surprising. Tampa's been playing better on defense, no doubt, but it is surprising. I think their defense, again, put... It was partly because their defense played a solid game. Mike Evans was sort of on and off the field, banged up, and that took something away. Winston, Winston, it was it was two halves because they they looked awesome in the first half, and then it fell apart. By the way, I'm not giving the MVP to Mahomes. Three games is a is a ton in the NFL, and I don't know why there's such a rush to like give you know to kind of decide or change every week. Drew Brees has had an unbelievable season. I would give it to Mahomes right now, but 3 games is a lot and I think I think it's close enough that he could win the MVP. I, don't I think it's a lock. I don't think anybody said it was a lock, but I feel like Mahomes over the past 2 weeks with two more dynamic performances coupled with Brees who has one touchdown in the last 8 quarters. Right. But there's know. there's 12 quarters left is all I'm sure. saying. And Drew Brees' season has been so exceptional that I think he's right there behind him if, if Mahomes slips. Yeah, up. I mean, my thing is, as always, it seems like it's a bit of a story slash narrative. And, there, and as you as you get more and more of these Mahomes plays doing things that no one's ever done, it's making it tougher for Drew Brees to achieve. Uh, by the way, the Bucks. this is a stat I, I guess a lot of people probably don't know, but it's, you know, driven by total yardage and all that. They entered this game with the number one ranked offense. They had just 81 yards in the second half here. So the, the Saints D, just like they did in Dallas, uh, they showed up to play against Dallas. They showed up to play. Uh, so even when the offense isn't, hasn't been cooking the last two Shows weeks, you those yardage rankings are garbage. Yeah, we need to come up with a new way of doing it. All right. Let us move on. Oh, by the way, um, uh, Erica, can we check in with Zolak to see if there's anything else uh, yeah. from that cut? Yeah, let me see cut? if I can replay it. Maybe it just didn't play the, okay. the right Let, way. Hold we'll on. cycle back to that a little bit later tonight. Sure. Drive success rate. That's what you want to use for offense. Do it. Free on Football Outsiders website. NFL. Hook it up. Where are the let's find let's find out where the Bucks are on that. That'll be fun. I can find out real quick. All right. While you while you do that, let's listen to the highlights from our next game. <laughs> Snap to Rogers. Steps up. Lost it. Left side. End zone. Touchdown. Yeah. Touchdown. Consecutive passes without an interception. Aaron Rodgers, 359 in a row, and he does it in style. Hey, in a lost season, you take what you can get. Nice record there. Wayne Larravee, pa- Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers threw two touchdown passes. He set that NFL interception-free record as well. And the Packers beat the Falcons 34-20. They win their first game under interim coach, head co- interim head coach Joe Philbin. Uh, if only Green Bay could play the flatlining Falcons every week. Uh, Wes, you saw a little extra life in old number 12 today. Yeah, a lot of this is because of the opponent, and some of it is you can see tangible progress from Aaron Rodgers as far as how he navigated the pocket, how he's moving on that knee, pressure that he couldn't escape earlier in the year. He escaped in this game. He had 44 yards rushing before the half, and this game was 34 to seven, and by the middle of the third quarter, they had a season high in points by the middle of the third quarter. I thought it was as good as Rodgers has looked all year, mm. and physically the best he's looked all year. I, with the Falcons, real quick, I mean, they, Dan Quinn is, I I think one of the better has been one of the better coaches around the NFL for for a long time. 
He's a friend of the show, but like there are there are there any concerns? He's getting friend of the show status. He was on our he was on our show. It's very nice. He's been on the show. Well, he also Wes and I had spent many minutes talking to him before. You know, I, for, I Super forgot Bowls. he was on the show. That's I put point. him in the same category with Ron Rivera and John Harbaugh. I have very and Mike Tomlin. I have very little patience for talk about firing good coaches. When who are you going to replace him with? A I, bunch he's of unknowns? my friend on the show. How about that? Greg seems to have you. No, you had a nice, no interest nice time in, in Seattle. No, he's great. I forgot he was on our podcast. That's my fault. <laughs> who got the That's line? why I locked it up. Let's against get back him. on track. I locked it up against him. Uh, Let's not scapegoat Dan Quinn for injuries. I mean, this team, both starting guards have been out for a you while. You could react better to it They're than starting they running back. Sure, but what do you – I mean, why is firing the answer? No, I why agree. Why not no, just oh, let a season go no, by? To me, that's, that's – Admit that your chances were ruined by injuries. Who's and firing him, though? No, a lot of people are asking about really? Dan Quinn. It, stuff, that's why a sub bubbled up okay. leading into this game today. About, and I'm with Wes. It's like you've got no, one of the better – How about offense coordinator Steve Sarkeesian? Because this is now two years – where this He's off- fine too. Their I offense mean, has been good this year. Th- oh. It's been a bad like four or five weeks. By the way, that, Mark, were- your nightmare is is not necessarily over here. If the Vikings lose on Monday night, which would lock up a game for you. Uh, the Packers are just one game back in the wild. Well, a nightmare for I'm me just does saying, not include nailing the, my lock. With the Panthers uh, falling apart and if the Vikings lost that game. The Packers, you know what? Packers fans will at least go into that game Chicago next week, which I I don't think that they they could win, and they're, they'll find a way to lose. I, I am not they'll, rooting they'll against go into it. I am not, believing. honestly, I'm done with the Packers. I'm not rooting for them to to, to not squeak in at 8-7-1, but you get you get what you ask for if that's what happens. The Falcons have scored between 16 and 20 points for five straight weeks. They're well, not getting it's, the it's not done. Steve Sarkeesian's fault that Matt Ryan threw a pick six and also threw a backwards pass when he tried to hold on to the ball that cost them a field goal. I mean, they, some of this is just, I mean, the three fumbles in the red zone that they had against the Saints, that's not Sarkeesian's fault. This isn't everything who, that could fault go. fault is it then? Is it nobody's fault? Well, it's absolutely not the offensive coordinator's fault that three guys are fumbling in the red zone. That's on the players. That's right. that's the definition of the player's fault. If you were, if you were a, a Falcons fan or maybe even an Eagles fan, like the only – consolation you could have is like this is an everything goes wrong season like everything that can go wrong is going wrong and it's just a, a waste but there should be enough bones there to you know, rebound next year. oh by the way nfl coaches you don't have to challenge a generic first down in the first quarter oh, well, Joey oh, what did philbin do i mean when they the... made this rule that was always my concern that they're such control freaks that they can't just let a pass go in, in the first quarter of a game and, and save it for when it really matters. Joe Philbin blew both challenges on the opening drive within a minute and a half. He was out of them. Philbin announced his coach authority. in NFL history to do that. I mean, it's just... <laughs> of course he was. No one else would ever think to do something. Whatever, Jackson though. wouldn't even do that. I'm Whatever. surprised Marvin Lewis Sometimes in life, though, you know, you wake up this. You wake up in the morning. It's 4.30 a.m. <laughs> you put on your Docker slacks and you say, I'm going to announce my authority when I get to that game. That's what Joey Philbin did. Well, he He's didn't just announce- letting people know, I don't know if hey, I- I'm here. Is authority the word we're choosing? It's just like, hey, I'm here. Remember me. Oh, by the way, our team just dropped a 30-burger. <laughs> the way to do it. I think he threw the first red flag. It was on like the third or fourth play from scrimmage. Even before like the replay was shown inside <laughs> the stadium and there's no way he even heard from anybody upstairs. He just threw it. Authority announcement. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm the guy he's here. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, oh, the Dockers with the cuffs. Oh, that's out of style. No, I'm bringing the cuffs back. I'll never forget like the combine walking by him and he seems like a very nice guy, but he had almost like those cords pants on. He's like, why are we talking about Joey Phipps' pants so much? I know I'm the one that did it. 
I, yeah, I can picture it. Just walking down that hallway. I was nice, like, nice stride to him, but you I remember you actually talked about, about that on a yeah, podcast. It was like, like it was a shocking ago. like sense that I just walked past like an IBM middle manager, but it was it was some it was a NFL. Hey, Posey, please find that that <laughs> tape from some episode five years ago. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, she has just had it, and I don't blame her. A tough loss for the Pats, huh? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. That that was pretty bad. Yeah, it was. You'll be back. You gotta you gotta. Just think, though, the playoffs are the only thing that matters. Did you? It really is true, though. Playoffs are all that matters. Almost everything before that. Not for everybody, kind of a, but for you No, but for the Patriots. Yeah. Did you cry? No, not today. I did throw my phone. Where? I uh, threw it. Like how far and where? where did I was in my I was in my house. Oh. Did it break? No, I wish. Because <laughs> then I, could, I wouldn't see all my dumb mentions. Everyone just tweeting at me like dolphin mm. emojis. Mm. Okay, mm. let's move on. In the shotgun, Rivers takes the snap. <laughs> they got right, you. Still looking right. Steps up in the pocket. Goes to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. 14 yards. What a beautiful wheel route from Keenan Allen. And the anticipation and touch from Phillip Rivers. Not getting better than that. Matt Money-Smith and another guy on KFI with the call. Phil Rivers threw for 220 and a touch. That strike you just heard to Keenan Allen as the Chargers held off the Bengals 26-21. Chris Wessling, the both scored touchdowns on each of their first two drives, but this game turned into a struggle. What happened here? They couldn't pull away. In the second and third quarters, they averaged about 2.5 yards per play and totaled 65 yards over those two quarters. The Bengals' defense stiffened a little bit. Um, and, jo- and Joe Mixon, who we've talked about all year as being one of those three down, really talented Thumper. running backs, he is he is now a guy who's getting 130, 40 yards every week and looking good doing it. He was the best running back on the field. Austin Eckler I, I, I appeared to injure his shoulder late in the game, so that'll be something to watch on a short week. There's talk of Melvin Gordon coming back to play Thursday. Um, talk of Eric Berry coming back to play Thursday. Joey Bosa looked really good in this game. His closing speed on Jeff Driscoll a couple of times looked impressive. And the Chargers shut down a couple of key two-point conversion attempts by the Bengals in this game. Their season would look a lot differently if they hadn't shut down a few two-point conversion attempts during the season. They would have lost 25-26 to 26 Tennessee. instead of 21 to 20. Well, that, the whole end of the game, they had to onside kick it, so then the, they just gave the Chargers a field goal there. I'm I'm not like going to knock them too much for barely beating the Bengals. Ultimately, you get to 10 wins. No, I'm with Chargers. you. Just, I was about win to say some games this Move on. Exactly. Would it be better if it was 37 to 17 today? I mean, they were sure. outgained by the Bengals. I would not have expected that. I mean, yeah. it's basically a tie in but terms of yards. trap games are real. And I think, uh, again, not, not in the same way that the Sunday night game last week was a great showing for a franchise that's blown those games so many times. Uh, but this is also a game the Chargers have blown, and they found a way to, to get it done. It wasn't pretty, but they come out of that at Steelers, home to Bengals stretch with two wins, and now they go to Kansas City uh, riding a three-game winning streak at 10-3, and three, and they this is what – just same thing. They got to the Steelers game where they needed to be. Now they got to the Chiefs game where they needed to be. Big test. That and that and From that angle, that was their job. It doesn't matter yeah. what happened against the Bengals today. Just be ready for next If week. only – yeah, if the Chiefs had lost that game, then we would be cooking with fire because th- their chances of winning the division went down today because they're running out of weeks, and they need the Chiefs to lose twice. But the Chiefs do go to Seattle. So if the Chargers – 
It would show something to go to Kansas City on a short week. I can't wait for that game. The Chiefs have owned them, though. I mean, yep, that's important to point out. The Including Chiefs last year in a very similar spot where the Chargers had won five straight, and we were all excited about them getting back in the mix, and they put a hammer on them. Chargers do have a kicker, Michael Badgley. 59-yarder, which broke the franchise record. That guy, they cut him earlier in the year and had to re-sign him because he's better than the guy they signed in the offseason. The Badger. Sure. The ba- the Badger's tough. It's a tough animal. Look, there are openings in the kicker tiers with Boswell and Gano struggling mm-hmm. and Dan Bailey mm-hmm. turning into a pumpkin at midnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does Erica realize that she, when she announces on the show that um, she was annoyed to get dolphin emojis that she's going to get mm. now thousands of them and probably many of them in well, her I DMs. Well, I wasn't before until you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us move on. That's not all she's getting in her DMs. Oh, damn. Rosen's got it. Straight drop. Wants to throw. Looks, looks. Throws right side. And it's going to be picked off by the lines. Come back left side on Darius Slay. Darius in a foot race at the 30. Darius 20. Darius 10. Darius 5. Darius Enzo. Pick 6. First touchdown of his Detroit Lions career. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. Darius Slay picked off a Josh Rosen pass and returned at 67 jaunty yards to the house. Pretty much the only excitement to be found in the Lions' 17-3 win over the Arizona Cardinals, who came down to earth after their upset at Lambeau last week. The Lions salted this game away with a seven-play, 75-yard drive uh, that featured a lot of Zach Zenner grinding, including a game-icing one-yard plunge with 4.09 to play. Uh, That is win number five for the Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals on a day when the uh, bottom of the NFL, the teams that entered Sunday uh, with the top three picks in the the, uh, draft, all won the Raiders, the Niners, and the Jets. Well, now here are the Cardinals, also at 3-10 and 10 with the Niners and Raiders. Uh, what a race it's going to be down the stretch. But the Lions get the win, and the Cardinals sink deeper into the abyss. Uh, any, any more thoughts on this, Mark Sessler? My favorite part of this game was when they showed a, a fan in the stands dressed up as Matt Patricia, and it was such a likeness that many people in the newsroom didn't realize that it was not Matt Patricia. It was Matt Patricia about 2% more handsome than Matt Patricia. That's it, Mark. What else? I, there's literally nothing else to say about that game. Okay, then let's move on. Hey, still in search of the perfect holiday gift? Nautica's got you covered when it comes to last-minute gifts. Nautica has something for everyone on your list. Help friends and family stay cozy all season long in cold-weather favorites like the best-selling Nautex fleece. It's made with static-free anti-pill fabric that retain, retains heat for a cool look and cozy feel. Layer them up in puffer vests and coats that are both packable and reversible for every type of winter adventure. For the dad that has everything, Nautica's comfortable flex-fit Navtech sweaters are designed with temperature-controlled fabric for an active and stylish lifestyle. And for your beach-obsessed friends planning a tropical getaway, Chris Wessling, pay attention. 
stock up on swim styles that take them from beach to boat in a breeze. They'll thank you from Sandy Shores. Visit Nautica.com to find a store near you. Use code FOOTBALL for 10% off your next purchase in-store or online through December 24th. That's Nautica.com, code FOOTBALL. On to Sunday Night Football. In the backfield, Trubisky with Hicks. The fake handoff, Trubisky pops the pass down Bradley Soul. Touchdown! Touchdown Bears! And the tricks keep on coming. The tricks keep on coming. Indeed. The Chicago Bears, the team of around the NFL, use their suffocating defense. They get a little assist from Mother Nature, which was cold and uh, made things miserable for the Los Angeles Rams. And, yes, a little trick play. Fat guy touchdowns galore. Defensive linemen, offensive linemen all on the field, and they get the touchdown, the only touchdown pass in this game, a 15-6 win for the Bears over the Rams, who fall to 11-2. Could be a costly loss for them, Chris Wessling, but the Bears move to 9-4, and and this is the type of football that Ditka would love. And- <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Chris Farley probably would have loved, and everybody in Chicago that Dick likes is their, alive likes their brat, and they like their defense. Well, we've said <laughs> we've said Get for well almost soon, two years now that you can't trust a great defense <laughs> playing against a great offense in today's NFL. And in the last couple of weeks, we've seen the Cowboys shut down the Saints and the Bears shut down the Rams. Maybe you can start to trust some defenses. And I think resetting yeah, narrative. It, <laughs> even even the Ravens today, I think controlling and making it an ugly their style of game Jaguars in, shutting out the Colts in, last week in yep. Kansas City. You can certainly do it, and you can sh- just make the Rams' offense look shook. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that the Rams. I be shook. The Bears <laughs> that the Bears were physical. I. Blocking assignments are missed. Guys are running the wrong way. You know, Goff is throwing to nowhere or, or throwing way behind receivers. He Goff clearly had one of his worst games of his career and, and wasn't throwing accurately. But just mentally, they all seem fried. And it's because the Bears are so sound on defense. You said shook. I say shivering because this is that old story. How does a team tra- travel, a Southern California team? Jared Goff. Looked cold out there, 20 for 44, and I mean literally for 180, no touchdowns, four interceptions. Todd Gurley only gets 11 carries, and you wonder why he wasn't more a part of the game plan, but he only goes 28 yards. Uh, the leading receiver was Robert Woods, who went for 61 yards. This is this is the Rams we're talking about, and they got completely shut down. That was a Bears fever dream. Ten drives for the Rams that resulted in less than 20 yards. Every third March ended in interception. And you're so right. They cut to at one point in the game, these two like teeny boppy preteen girls who were up there in the stands with their little winter hat and their coats, and they were rocking. They were looking fun. They were having a good time. Then they cut to Jared Goff, and he looks like he's been trapped in like a igloo for 14 weeks. Like he did not look like he wanted to be there, and none of this so team looked like you're saying like just healthy – uh, Midwestern girls Healthy enjoying Midwestern the Midwestern females just say the weather doesn't bother us. We're here enjoying the team of ATL. And then they cut to Goff and he looks he looked like a hostage victim in, you know, deep Europe in the middle of winter. So it's like not a good Siberia, look for him. A belly full of bratwurst yep. and hot chocolate. The paramour is in Soldier Field braving the elements <laughs> oh my for this game. She she got tickets for that oh. mess. That that is ugly. I mean that the thing is it's not like Mitchell Trubisky played any better at all. And that's the amazing thing about this. This Wes mentioned it early in the 
in the game that this is like a Rex Grossman era level Bears performance. And it was in the best way possible because they got 110 yards out of Trubisky and 30 attempts and three interceptions. And you could tell that this Bears defense was ready to go after that first interception sets the Rams up. Uh, I think inside the 10-yard line, definitely in the red zone. And they just stop him, three and out, force him to kick the field goal. And in every other Rams game this season, they're running all these you know, pre-snap motion. They couldn't get any of that going. And I do think there's more than just the cold and that they were playing the great uh, Bears defense. This is two weeks coming out of the bye where their offense has had two of their worst games of the year. Certainly Jared Goff's uh, two worst games of the year. And I don't know if it's the Cooper Cup factor or, if it, or what it is, but their offense has not been playing well. The fact that they had that performance in Detroit and then this is is worrisome. On the other hand, I've been waiting for this Bears rushing game to show some signs of life. And Jordan Howard goes over 100. They rushed 33 times for 196 yards on the game. And that's been the missing element to their team. Do you worry about the Rams at all? Are they a team? Because the one thing, and I and I and I would say I are, I do not. There's a long way to go, but like it was last year that they got picked off by the Falcons at home in the playoffs. And I wonder sometimes with this Rams team because they haven't been together that long. This group of them, does it need to be almost like a perfect environment for them to make it happen? It's like this. You put them in this situation, it, it looked me, like a non a non Rams team it was at the, all. First time I was a little I was bummed out because I do like this Rams team and, and they're such an exciting. Uh, team to watch. I think they're good for the league. They're good for Los Angeles. And it, it, they just did strike me tonight as a little bit soft. The good news for them is, and for Rams fan and Lakeisha and everybody else, that they still have things under control in terms of where they'll be playing. They'll either be playing in the playoffs uh, with a bye still most likely in Southern California. Worst case scenario, maybe they're playing in the Superdome. And if they get out of the NFC, they're going to go play in a dome in Atlanta. So we, pr- I don't know if they're going to be playing some ice ball unless something crazy well, happens with the Bears. It's sometimes about matchups, though. You know, and maybe this matchup was tough for them. I think they're – I would not call them soft. I think the defense played pretty well. They have a good defensive front for the most part. But the offensive line got manhandled today by Chicago. And I think that's why you didn't see Gurley get the ball that much. First of all, he had six yards on his first six carries. That was midway through the third quarter. And it's because they had no faith that they could push those big uglies. It's not just Akeem Hicks up front for the Bears. And maybe this is a tough matchup for them, and they have to worry about that because they could play the Bears again. It would be in L.A., most likely, but they could play the Bears again. If you consider yourself a Super Bowl contender, playing poorly in back-to-back weeks is a concern. That's a red flag. On the other hand, the Saints have played poorly in back-to-back weeks. Well, the Saints won the game. And the, the Rams are 11-2. and two. On some level, you're going to lose games during your season. Losing on the road to the best defense in the NFL, a 9-4 and four team, is not, is not horrific in its own right as long as you can turn it around. All right, there you go. There's Sunday Night Football, and that is uh, all 13, excuse me, 14 games uh, played Sunday. We have one more Monday night game to go between who was? Vikings and Seahawks. Ooh, big that's a, game. That's a big one. I like that one. My lock is on the line. A uh, couple of bits of ooh, a couple of bits of housekeeping. Uh, Greg, how'd you do on the Rainmaker this week? Well, that the Rams did not help there. That was the second one. Oh, we don't need this. Wait, we made a the rain other night. one went bad too. Went one and two, yeah. Well, the, the the Texans, I I rained all over your lock, but that's about it. So one you hit two. your batting average. Yeah. So you're one and four over the last two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm four and four and five. Get killed, four and six. Dude. Well, here's the thing. They're ripping families <laughs> apart. Four Our s- listenership. Four and six over a three or four week span, mm. you're not going to freak out about. 
you I mean, gotta play the you're not going to, but anyone no, that I'm took not. your advice and went to the bank with it, they're freaking out right now. I'm a little worried <laughs> it, because it, I like the segment, and it's just, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little shook. And finally, um, we wanted to circle back to this. Uh, well, by the way, don't pretend like you didn't know the result there. If it was 2-1, and one, there's no I way you're calling No, I can't keep track of it. There's so many picks <laughs> that you make <laughs> that I don't no, track it. I up. honestly didn't know, but no, now you, I do. No, you did. You asked Erica. Come on. No, no way. <laughs> Right. I trust Dan's integrity. Here we go. Uh, I asked Ricky Hollywood. I wanted to hear the entire Zolak uh, Sochi call after the Ooh. miracle in Miami, uh, and she did great work with Cam downstairs digging it up. Let's listen in. And the Patriots stand stunned in disbelief. Come on, Scott. Makes sense to lay out that during TV where you just want to see the interviews on the radio. Scott? Mr. Zolak, let us know if you're okay. Did we lose Scott Zolak? <laughs> I mean, he has a job to do. I, I, don't, I don't know what downs. to say. <laughs> 35.63 seconds uh, of silence before Zolak chimed in with I don't know what to hmm. say. Well, I did listen to the rest of that. I do like listening to it, Greg. i got to be honest. And uh, he was very upset. He said this is how seasons are lost. But we'll see. The, the Pats will be fine. Prisoner. Greg told me it's fine. Prisoner fine. of the moment. Yeah. I'm just saying none of it for them. Doesn't matter, right? They're in the two seed. All that matters is the playoffs. I feel like Zolak has some good times ahead of him. Still. I doubt they're gonna, you know, win those playoffs, but I'd yeah. give him a shot. I'd put them at fifty-fifty to get a buy, maybe sixty-forty in their favor. They still seem okay. Today could have gone worse. After that, you're you're right about that. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> right, I'm ready. Ready. Let's go. Stan Hansis <laughs> signing off for. How about that? The Jets and Browns win. That's how it's gonna be yeah, for a long time. Looking good. Long, long time. The mailman. The old boss, Ricky Hollywood. Until next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.